Sunday. This is Asteris, Oz Miller. Thank you for joining us today. Today I'm joined by Christian Dasher and Nate Sermons. They'll uh-huh. introduce themselves. Nate? Yes. Uh, Nate Sermons, I'm a sophomore here at Young Harris, major in outdoor leadership, minor in music, and I come from Athens, Georgia. Punk rock extraordinaire and decently well-versed in music, I would say. Um, Christian? I'm Christian Dasher, like the reindeer. I'm a junior music student here at Young Harris College from Glenville, Georgia. I play the saxophone. Um, So really big into jazz. Excellent. Well, today I am joined by two musicians. And before the podcast, we reviewed a few musical styles from outside of the country. In the beginning, we will be speaking about jazz and a little bit of dichotomy between those who write and play the music and those who commodify it afterwards and then we'll move into some global music mainly focusing on africa and south america but it could go anywhere okay let's get started yeah let's do it so we talked about earlier soca music which is indigenous to the caribbean Mm -hmm. typically the english-speaking portion and then we went to bachata and obviously We'll include all of this music below so that you can look it up. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about it. Christian, how did you feel whenever I showed you uh, Brazilian funk, soca, bachata? Well, at first I was thrown off mm. because you said, here's funk. And I've only, my immediately, I assumed it would be the Americanized funk. Mm. And I was completely thrown off. I it was completely different from what I was expecting. Um, very, I would say, limited instrumentation. Mm. Very few, very minimalist, and it was mostly like a spoken word mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over a beat that was provided by the instruments. Okay, okay, and Nate, um, it is ballad heavy, mm. uh, in terms of love and feelings like that. And I had mentioned before when we came in here and uh, started the podcast, we were listening to it, that it reminded me a lot of pop music, American pop music that came out in 2012. Mm. And it makes sense that it has been integrated into that and moving on to now current day, it's obviously gone away, but Mm. um, I really appreciate it. Uh, cause it, it is ballad music and its truest form, even mm. though it is synth heavy, like yeah. I was saying, it's still funk. And, uh, I feel like nowadays, especially in America with the influence that it's brought in, mm. the ballads of love songs have just gone down hill. And, yeah. um, anytime that I see, uh, groups who try to copy that or mimic that mm. it's just kind of like ah, you're wasting time you yeah. know like they, yeah. they did it right the first time so just leave it that way mm. So. Mm. absolutely absolutely so we talked a bit about new orleans scene which mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. incorporates all of these jazz heavy even, jazz yeah yes. funk yes. american funk yes. brazilian funk yes. african funk mm-hmm. east west side of africa south And then we have a movement which evolved and we talked about this. And of course, we didn't talk about this with you, the audience. So now we're incorporating you into the conversation. So perhaps audience, 
if you see us one day, talk about it with us. Anywho, we're going in. Mm -hmm. So in New Orleans, we have a movement known as Bounce. It started in the early 90s. And then one big leader, I suppose, is Big Frida. So a very large androgynous individual who started a style of music, good dance music, that later became known by the mainstream as twerking music. And then some of the younger people think twerking music, oh, this started like recently. People didn't used to twerk. And then this appalls me because Big Frida has been doing this for well over 20 years. And it's quite interesting that younger people, right, start considering bounce like uh, a feasible type of music to listen to in public whenever Beyonce starts doing it with women, right, with nerd. And it, it befuddles me a bit because Big Frida has, right, been doing this for such a long time. And though Big Frida's variant and the New Orleans bounce scene as a whole is is fairly repetitive, like the funk music that we listen to, it is right i feel right the first since it is the first it like they feel less able to move from it mm -hmm. because like they originated it so it's like with older rappers like ice cube ice t mm -hmm. you know all of those guys from run dmc right. and the others right if biggie and if tupac, tupac were still around yeah. then they would be less willing to mm -hmm. move from mm -hmm. that yeah, because they yeah. they built the they built the the foundation, and then whenever mm. they see these younger kids, these mumble rappers doing their stuff, they're like, "Yo, no one can understand you. What is the point of doing this?" Right. Yeah. I like I had said earlier before we stepped in here, and and haven't addressed this to the audience yet, but there's a certain point where the monetization of mm. the music comes into play, and there's an aspect of wanting to be uh financially stable within mm -hmm. music and that comes at a cost and that cost could be being hip to whatever is popular at the time mm -hmm. and speaking of those groups those hip-hop groups they came out if you listen to some of the lyrics in their songs they talk a lot there's a heavy emphasis on the word eating and eating mm. is such a big thing. And in a way, it's kind of a nod to the um, the integration of that music mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. to making music that is going to make money so that they can eat. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it furthers my point in what I was saying earlier, especially with the twerking uh, and what um, Beyonce, right? Mm -hmm. What Beyonce was doing, it's... I mean, you got to be wealthy. You got yeah. You got to be able to support. And if that's what is popular at the time, given yeah, yeah. the coincidence of the integration, mm. then that's what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. See, people often say Beyonce's the queen or Nicki Minaj or all of mm -hmm. these artists, mm -hmm. Ariana Grande, breaking from the mold, breaking from what is, or as Little Pump should be read, uh, who knows however many other Lil SoundCloud Yachty. rappers. Yeah, yeah have to stick with it because mm -hmm. Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, all these other people have already made their money yeah. so they can do whatever yes. they want. They can then now, right? Cause she had Destiny's Child, right? With mm -hmm. Kelly Rowland yeah. and right. Solange is big now. Yeah. And then countless other artists that we can't mention, the Fugees, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have Miss Lauren Hill, mm -hmm. right? They made their money doing their style, right? And then they fell out of favor. Beyonce 
changed with the times. Now she has her money. Now she can do what she wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But she couldn't like we see a few instances and by a few, I mean a lot where she had to just uh, cooperate with the system, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I'm sure she's produced songs that she's like, those aren't my favorite song. Of course. Mm-hmm. You know, like, everyone's got those. Yeah. Like with Halo uh, by yeah. Beyonce, the ballad yeah, yeah. at the same time, Alicia Keys was going. Mm-hmm. Leona Lewis was going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Sparks. All of these songs sound so similar. Mariah Carey, right? Because Mariah Carey started with the ballads in the 90s. So mm-hmm. she maintained her style. And then she's still considered a queen. Why? Because she persevered through the styles. Yeah. yeah. Right? She she almost had to force it that she was not going to change that heavily. She mm-hmm. obviously changed mm-hmm. because it's either you change or you die. It's like yeah. It's like a cell. Yeah, a cell at equilibrium is a cell that's dead. Mm-hmm. So like I, I feel like now though, I feel mm-hmm. like she's reached the end of her career. Yeah. Um I feel like the thing that the nail in the coffin was the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was caught lip syncing. Yeah, that's such a I don't know how I feel about that. I remember when all that stuff first started coming mm-hmm. out on Reddit and everyone was oh she lip synced this but she sang it originally that's true yeah 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 (laughs) it's still her yeah but speaking as far as the people who persevered Mm. i feel like that's and they still stick through times you know their Mm. their music is timeless yeah and there's an appreciation not just amongst other artists who listen to music but people in general i feel like you can see when you're not sacrificing your artistic integrity yeah. for the money you absolutely know? and and you uh because my father had said this to me one time when i was first really getting into music he said um when you write music write your story because no one can mm. tell your story better than you and it's self-evident in these um styles of music uh that we're talking about in these people mm-hmm. who haven't sacrificed it and it's you're listening to their story. They're sharing a piece of themselves as opposed to people like Nicki Minaj who Mm. are really just trying to pay rent or buy a new car. I'm not saying she has to pay rent. Of course. course. um, But as I I mean, you can definitely see when that integrity is not sacrificed and you appreciate it way more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we have an instance in which we have this, uh, sort of forced commodification because society literally holds the strings. They're the stakeholders of music. If people don't listen to it, then you don't make money. Then you Mm -hmm. don't make music because you don't have enough money to make the music that would make you money. It's a feedback loop. Yeah. And we have this instance in massive machines, countries that are massive. And then we can now bring in soca, zouk, bachata, somba in in these small countries, right? in the Caribbean mm-hmm. and in the North South America. Mm-hmm. And we have even in Africa, which is massive. And there's so many styles of music because there's this holding to what we are. Right. So we have like Zouk where the music remains almost like nineties R and B throughout time from the eighties until now, we still have Zouk artists, modern Zouk artists, like 20 year olds. We're still singing in the same style that, my grandmother remembers hearing in like the 90s. My mother remembers wow. hearing in the 90s. And then we have like reggaeton artists who are mixing, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, mixing reggae mm-hmm. and uh, ska. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, if you, if you listen to reggae and ska and a lot of those other genres you had mentioned, um, and this is just me being a team player, I guess, mm. for North America and yeah. especially yeah, the yeah. genres of music that come out of North America. Um, but punk has always seemed to be ahead of the curve. Yeah. And there's a subgenre called ska punk. And a lot of great bands have come out of their streetlight manifesto and uh, save Ferris. And even though they are Caucasian and even mm. though that they are, you know, um, from North America, born there and raised there, there's an appreciation for that. And it's mm -hmm. obvious in their music. And if you if you go on Spotify and you find those playlists and you listen to the brass sections mm. in those pieces, it's um, there's their lineage in the music. Mm -hmm. It seems mm -hmm. like the influence is definitely there. And I've I've seen it and I've played with bands like that before. And it's really great to see that appreciation. Yeah. For the art um, instead of like I was mentioning before the people who will take advantage of it mm -hmm. you know so yeah yeah for sure christian i don't really have anything to add <laughs> on this subject uh, my knowledge on music from other cultures after our conversation earlier today has been shook oh for um, me too yeah um, yeah for sure i was awoken to a lot of stuff i made a lot of connections yeah the only music that I've learned today that I've really been exposed to is North American music mm -hmm. and cultures that are within North American music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I really can't say anything else. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to wrap my mind and still connect the dots and yeah. how all of these yeah. cogs and gears fit together to how they yeah. got to these forms of music because there's so many similarities between all of them. And I'm still trying to decipher how we got to this point in time mm -hmm. because it, in my belief, one culture shouldn't hold mm -hmm. to a style of music. Mm -hmm. And when, whenever someone, um, when someone joins you in something or they take an item or something, when something you hold dear is given away, the immediate response is to, I have to protect it. Mm, we have yes. to keep it safe. We can't let anyone have it because if everyone has it, then it yeah. won't, it won't mean as much. Mm -hmm. It won't be special anymore. But I feel like music is one of the rare um, commodities mm -hmm. that the opposite is true. Mm -hmm. when it is spread and it's more um common knowledge than it is it's 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 better yeah. it's more special it has more meaning to it yeah i will add to that as far as taking away from culture and the sense of people wanting to protect it uh, with um southern appalachian music mm -hmm. and country music down here in the south there was a band who came out in the late eighties and the early nineties and they were called Primus mm -hmm. and uh, Les Claypool was the bass player and he kind of headed the band, but he was um, the music that he made. It's so interesting to listen to because he takes so much from country and Appalachian music, but it's so heavy 
it's so heavy and so metal. And I remember there was there's multiple times where you can see him in concert wearing uh, long johns, mm-hmm. boots, and a Confederate yes. hat. And in a way, it's kind of him giving the middle finger towards mm-hmm. all of that. And, like, as far as the protection, you know? Like, it, I guess uh, maybe I'm just interpreting it way yeah. too much. But, you know, it's it's really weird to see that uh the people who want to protect um the music of the cultures and the people who will let it influence what they write well i feel to go off of that um you have to keep in mind as well where the music comes from Mm -hmm. because there are certain things that i do feel like um white people yeah. Gonna be very blunt here. There yeah, are certain songs that <laughs> white people shouldn't perform. Yeah. Just yeah. because the content, the subject mm, of the song yes. is it's too touchy. It, it like, is, it like is, yeah. If um because even if a song wasn't written by a person of color, mm-hmm. but the song's subject is about um people of color then I think only a person of color should be able to sing Mm -hmm. the song. Yeah. And there are other songs that people Mm -hmm. can perform. Yeah. And so I think you have to keep that in mind as well. I'm trying to think of, there's one that I have in mind. Yeah, I have one in mind as well. Like uh, Kendrick Lamar. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. uh, No, I think he was performing Good Kid, Mad City. Mm -hmm. And uh, he brought a, uh, a white girl on stage. And she accidentally let a uh, specific word slip. And oh. I just remember him laughing about it on, in the video. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I guess, an example of uh, yeah. leave it, you know. Yeah, I, I remember watching this video, and this is a little bit uh, separate from music, hearing about a um, uh, an assistant, um, a production assistant mm-hmm. that Steve Harvey had whenever he was like, this was in the nineties, early two thousands, he had a set at, I think it was the laugh factory in in California. And he brought this production assistant who happened to be white with him. Right. They got him a chair at the very front of the room. He looked around, there were all black people. Mm-hmm. And then, so they were like making jokes, you know, he was laughing. Everyone was making a joke. And then the last guy before Steve Harvey came back on, cause he had already done his set walked around and said, say the N-word, <laughs> held, held the mic to everyone, held oh, the mic, no. held the mic, held the mic to the production assistant. Yeah. And he just looked. And then the the guy's like on doing this interview reminiscing. And he was like, and I was just there. And then I was smiling, but then my smile started to go away. <laughs> because he was like, he was like, I was expecting him not to come to me. Oh, and, then, no. and then so I just paused because I knew if I said it, yeah. it would be done. Right. Yeah. And then the guy pulled it away and said, not you and then he turned to the audience he turned to the audience and said not him and then everyone said okay and then steve harvey came back on stage right after this guy finished his set and the guy was sitting there and then steve harvey said give it a hand to my friend and then everyone clapped for him and the guy's like reminiscing in this in this interview that he was doing and he was like he was like i didn't cry after this happened he was like because normally you would expect a white person to cry he was like i was ecstatic yeah. At the fact that I had the ability to recognize right. that I was not going to say that regardless of the situation. Yeah. He said, I know yeah. other friends 
at the time who would have said it and then received the negative consequence. He said, I knew I wasn't going to say it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wasn't hurt because I knew I didn't have a right to say in that situation. Mm -hmm. But then I realized in any other situation, I wasn't allowed to say it because I knew in that situation, he was giving me permission. Right. Right. But he said, whenever people do it, right, whenever they say, and we talked about this on the code switching yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whenever yeah. people give permission, it's because they don't want to have a, a altercation, right? They give of permission course. as a defense mechanism. Yeah. Because they know even even though I can see, right, in this scenario, I can beat up this person if they say it. I'm going to give him uh this pass, so to speak, mm. right, with my word, with my music, because I know I can beat him up, but once I beat him up, and everyone looks at me as the animal that they yeah. already think I am. Yeah, it's it's so bad. I mean, speaking from places where we've been and shows mm. that we've played in Atlanta and Athens, I mean, there's just certain things that I won't say yeah. because I don't, I just know what will happen, you mm. know? And um, there was a, there was a minor threat song that came out and it was called guilty of being white. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty intense. I mean, it was heavy lyrically, but a lot of what they talked about is what you see in these places. When you, when you go to shows that are kind of on the fence, you know, with performers mm-hmm. and the audience and I don't know, it just seems, uh, so divided. Mm. Yeah. It's tough. Um, for I remember the song that I was talking about. Yeah. It's a uh, Billie Holiday "Strange Fruit." Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. absolutely. She, yeah. She, uh, absolutely. She talks about, or she sings rather, of um, bodies that are lynched within the South. Yeah, black mm-hmm. bodies swinging in the wind. Yeah. The the song is written by Abel Mirapol, mm-hmm. a Jewish American. Yeah, didn't know that. Yeah. Um. So he had no experience of being a black. Uh, mm-hmm. per- he had no experience, but he was still able to speak out about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, but I think which is so brilliant, he knew who he needed as the voice for Absolutely, because he wow. can't do it. Yeah. No, he can't. Yeah, yeah. No, no, one, no would one would pay yeah. attention to him. It reminds me of, uh, I don't know if, do y'all listen to Gary Clark Jr.? He's, mm, uh, I think I've heard a song maybe too. He's a blues artist, yeah. and uh, he reminds me a lot of Jimi Hendrix. But he came out with a song recently uh, called This Land. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the imagery. The imagery mm-hmm. in that music video is really heavy. I'm not going to speak on it personally, mm-hmm. but for those who are listening, if you go and look at that music video, it's so uh, in your face, in a good way. In a good way, it's in your face. you know. And I feel like mm. and to preserve what we've been talking about earlier i feel like being in your face about things needs to be uh an aspect Mm. to sort of be a reminder absolutely because we have instances like this of uh artists who are of color who who branch out into what we would consider now as white genres so we have like operetta style sort of ballads Mm -hmm. with benjamin clementine he sings a song known as Condolences, which is a white voice, right? Because he has a deep, uh, broad, uh, baritone voice. Mm-hmm. And then he's singing in the style that, that Frank Sinatra sang in, yeah. so, which is not a, a white style mm-hmm. by, by any means. But because the most recent and memorable people singing the stock, Michael Buble, are mm-hmm. white people, mm-hmm. 
we see it as a as a white thing and then we neglect to remember it that though they had different styles of voice right ray charles sang in a similar style mm -hmm. right so we just put them oh they're jazz artists and then there's this magical uh mental acrobatics whenever we we don't even know subconsciously how we're distinguishing this this uh uh, Sinatra style, because we even call it the Sinatra style mm -hmm. from late jazz, because whenever you hear, oh, John Coltrane, uh, Ray Charles, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, jazz artist. Whenever you hear Buble, oh, he's like Sinatra. You People can't even say that a, a white person is a jazz artist or that Ray Charles is in the same style as Sinatra, mm -hmm. because it's like, no, jazz for black people. And yeah. it's not a, a racist thing. It's a subconscious thing that well, we've we've been employing. It started out as a racist mechanic because yeah. labels believe that their audience mm -hmm. should know the race yeah. of yeah. the yeah. musicians yeah, yeah. performing. Yeah. So they would use uh, blues mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. jazz or race music yeah. for mm -hmm. black artists. Mm -hmm. And then they would use hillbilly or yeah, country yeah, for yeah. white artists. Yeah. yeah. What's the cultural appropriation? Cultural yeah. appropriation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, something else too that was really interesting when I was thinking about it with Sinatra style. Mm -hmm. I, at the time when he was real big, he was part of uh, part of the reason why he was so successful was because of the mafia at the time, yeah. and a lot of them were immigrants. Mm. And at that time, there was a lot of racism towards immigrants yeah. from there and uh i mean white on white racism is weird yeah yeah because because they're they're looked at as other they're not looked at white they're yeah. uh, italian or irish, irish. Or jewish yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it's it's only whenever it becomes a massive machine where oh you were jewish then now you're white so that we have more numbers mm -hmm. yeah. yeah but especially tying it back to funk with what we we're mm -hmm. talking about um there's a North American funk band who uh, I was I mentioned them earlier. They're called mm -hmm. Wolfpack, but yes. the the guy who sings with them, his name's Antoine Stanley. Um, mm -hmm. He's a black guy, and I don't necessarily know his heritage, mm -hmm. but um, I can tell from his singing style that it's uh, really relevant and similar to what you were showing me earlier, mm -hmm. and. Um, it's uh, there. A lot of their music seems like a fusion. And I, when you were showing me all of those uh, artists, that's mm -hmm. the the only band that was coming in my head. Yeah, was Wolfpack, and um, he's actually not even affiliated with the band. He's uh, he's a uh, speech therapist, mm -hmm. and he just like sings occasionally. Good crazy guy. You know? Yeah. Um, but I I think um, the main thing is being able to identify the lineage I was talking about earlier mm -hmm. and the influences, mm -hmm. you know, through the lyrics, through the styles, mm -hmm. especially with the singing. Singing seems like such a big aspect of all of this. Um, and the, um, the tribal mm. place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, since we talked about, since you just mentioned the tribal place, we're mm -hmm. going to get to that. Uh, one final thing on blues, we're we're just going to sort of like not close out on it, but mm -hmm. we're going to sort of wrap it up so we can move uh, cross continentally. We're, mm -hmm. we're going to try to jump the Atlantic real quick and then jump back. So I just want to mention uh, the thing that you were talking about with the with the racial binding, sort of the racial gerrymandering oh. of music. Mm -hmm. uh, I just I just know that uh, 
what's a movie that's extremely popular in the South? Uh, it has a soggy bottom voice. Uh, oh, brother, oh, brother, oh, brother, right there. there. I just yeah. bought it on DVD. Oh, yeah. so I just good, bought bro. it on DVD. So, <laughs> it is good. So we have this, yeah. this instance where the guy who's recording mm-hmm. is like, oh, why are you boys playing that type of music right. whenever he's, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's black? And he's blind. Yeah. The guy's blind. Yeah. They're like, you, you boys playing Negro music, and it's like, <laughs> yo, yo, what? <laughs> well, they, well, that's the thing, and and this, I think that scene specifically just adds to what we've been talking about because mm-hmm. he, at first, they said we do old timey music, yeah, and he says, well, we don't do that anymore, and they're like, oh, well, we actually do this one, and he's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, then let's get you in the room, you yeah. Know? Are you boys white? Because he has to ask, yes, <laughs> he has to ask. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you better not be pulling one over on me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you see him performing. At, at the final thing, yeah, at the final show that they're doing before the po- yes, police yes, and the KKK yeah. come after them, and they realize, it's, oh, he's black. Yes, yeah, and then the, and then the guy who was uh, about running for mayor, yeah, he's like, it's all right. <laughs> he's like, just let him play. Um, but yeah, man, that guy well, who played Robert Johnson, great, great actor. Yeah, yeah, um, he, yeah. Go ahead. So, jazz to me. It it has its fundamental roots with the uh, West African slave, the mm-hmm. Atlantic slave trade, mm-hmm. yeah. and that uses the uh, polyrhythmic patterns mm-hmm. and a lot of the um, almost like the wordplay for the melodies come yeah. from Africa. Yeah. But it uses the uh, I get to use this word on the podcast mm. today. It uses the hegemony, yeah, <laughs> the hegemonies. Yeah. Um, devices for uh harmonic progressions mm-hmm. for their instruments mm-hmm. all the tools that are provided by the Gemini um african americans would pick it up and they would have no uh classical training they would yeah. have no access to this so uh, they use what they had to almost you try to preserve yeah, their yeah. african they had roots. the filial memories what their grandparents passed down yeah and so that is how this culture started getting by. So the way I see jazz is while the, the history is too complicated to say who, who should perform what in jazz mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. um, because both parts are to me equally important in the creation of it mm-hmm. because the 12 bar blues is almost a standard progression of Western yeah. European uh, music. Of course. Yeah. So um, lost my train of thought here for a second. Mm. Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> I can add on that though with the twelve bar blues and with a lot of that folk music. What I was gonna say is that folk seems like such a when you hear the word folk, you think mm. of a specific area of yeah. the United States, but I think that that's not really true. Mm-hmm. I think that's too demeaning. I think that's too yeah, restrictive. Absolutely. I feel like folk can be applicable to any. Culture, mm. you know get that passing down it's like like they're ballads like yeah. what you were saying you know the songs they're ballads and mm. that's you know talking way back in the day that's what was passed down from culture yeah. to culture with those yeah. ballads that's the style of your culture that's yeah and like you were saying with it being defended i feel like it could be preserved Mm-hmm. It's just totally fine. With well, we have it, the you know? New Orleans Preservation Hall Jazz Society exactly. that does there exactly that. Right. They are preserving the way that the first, because jazz blew up in New Orleans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Their, yeah. Entire, yeah, their entire society is to preserving that style yeah. of jazz, yeah. which 
grew out of fashion mm -hmm. and it's now seeing a huge resurgence yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh snarky puppy yeah yes <laughs> yeah man yeah yeah love love snarky puppy but preserving is good but i feel like when you use the word defensive there's a certain hostile aspect mm -hmm. involved with it you know yeah there are genres of music where people are hostile towards Absolutely. defending those Absolutely. things. Uh, yeah. One that I've noticed is, uh, perhaps I'll mention this and then we can go back to jazz and then we can mm -hmm. jump the Atlantic. Hey, there is no set. We don't actually have a list, right, guys? Hey, we don't. We're, we're just we're going just around. <laughs> so, so I've noticed that I have, I don't think I've ever seen an, in the hard screamo, I don't mm -hmm. think I've ever seen maybe uh, a Latin American yeah who uh is in this i've never seen yeah. a black person doing screamo i can add on that yeah <laughs> um there uh and i might get razzed by some of my band members for this because my history is probably not the most accurate but there was a band that okay. came out in the late 70s okay and they were part of the hardcore punk scene and screamo and all that that came from punk yeah of course and the band was called death death and oh, they were a okay. trio and they were three black guys okay and their hit song was politicians in my eyes okay and oh, okay um, okay part of the reason why they're not really well known and this comes into where i might get razzed on my history but mm. i think it was because a record deal never really worked out mm. but my a band member of mine he's says it all the time he's like man if they blew up punk would be different forever and yeah. it's true, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because of the stuff that they wrote about, because it was so heavy topics, you know. And uh, so, yeah, Death definitely was one of those see, bands. But. See, and we'll drop that in the list. Death. See, I've never heard of that. Yeah. But Neither have I. I was hoping that, that one of you <laughs> yeah. would, would, would know about it. Yeah. So now we can get back to the 12 bar, right? Because mm -hmm. we, we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. And... uh we'll include obviously the whole audience in this if you guys want to talk back oh you can't that's cool um so we talked about 12 bar and then and we have cathartic music which mm -hmm. is usually spoken uh or sang by people in india which yeah, has yeah, yeah. far more than 12 notes microtones yeah singing is mm -hmm. far easier to hit because whenever you're so ingrained in western music it's so hard and then we can whenever we go back to africa whenever we jump back across this the Atlantic slave trade, we can get back to Africa and show that there possibility of 30 tones in mm -hmm. standardized music. And then modern, oh, it's getting hard. It's uh, tough. I'm looking at your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing that uh, really irks my nerves is um, it's usually, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, it's usually older music educators. Mm -hmm. They will say music is a universal language mm. anyone can pick it up but it, it's really not no. um it's like in it's um i would consider it very similar to colonialism mm. whereas mm. the say the british people they would come to an area they would instruct the locals how to read their how to speak their language yeah mm. yeah it is just like that with music um people yeah. around the world are speaking the same musical language whenever they read uh western style notation yeah. mm -hmm. it is a whole language of its own and there are many others that exist that noise was someone uh, uh, getting excited saying hello. yeah <laughs> anyways <laughs> and indeed so i i see an instance where someone who just destroyed the bar line is john coltrane and giant steps mm -hmm. yeah. where where he 
literally. So we have 12 bar line, which is easy enough. And by bar line, I do mean 12 notes, uh, standard notation. Mm -hmm. And we have John Coltrane, who is working in what I can only imagine in his head is a star configuration, where he is literally hopping from notes. And I would not even begin to know how to play this on saxophone. Uh, Christian, you play saxophone. Yeah, uh, you do, I, don't you? <laughs> there, I, I do, I do. And there's a reason why Giant Steps is the most feared <laughs> feared song in jazz to improvise to. Because there's such a... There are very few people that will even like think of that. Yeah. Um, to do that, I don't... I've never... And I may be wrong. And if, if you, the, you, the audience, know of one, please tell me. But I do not know of a collegiate Mm -hmm. undergrad level where anyone has performed yeah. giant steps um the only one that i can name off the top of my head that's done it other than uh john coltrane is chris potter you know, okay he's a, okay. he's a he's a white saxophonist in i think new york or something like that but the, the song is tough and there's just been that standard of yeah if you can't do it similar to him at that level don't do it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, there was a guy, I forget his name, but my roommate showed it to me, a jazz uh, musician who is from the islands. Mm -hmm. And he used, uh, what are the, sh the seashells? The, uh, the, the conch shells? Conch shells. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what the conch shell is. I don't yeah. know this islander. This guy, he's, I think he's Polynesian, but mm -hmm. he, okay, okay. he uh, uses the conch shells as a uh, a wind instrument and it just blows your mind mm -hmm. like you would never think to do that and in a way it's like if you have not grown up mm -hmm. having these things be a part of your normal life yeah don't even attempt to play it yeah know? yeah absolutely so because we started talking about what western hegemony would consider indigenous musics let's jump back across back on our ships back on the SS Amistad, the friendship, which was not friendly. Is it not HMS? From HMS? Oh, no, that's it's a, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's DMB, uh, Decimal Book. Mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's Spanish, so I don't know the abbreviation. <laughs> I do know the Spanish word for ship is not an S. So let's hop back across uh, to, you know, across the Atlantic. Boom, we land in West Africa. Mm -hmm. We're in Gambia. We're in Kunta Kinte country, right? We have the Wolof. We have Wolof. Funny thing about Wolof, the word yummy mm -hmm. comes from yam, which is the food, right? Mm -hmm. Not the sweet potato eaten in North America. And then it means to taste. Yum, yum means to wow. taste. So that which provides life is tasty or you eat it. And then it's yummy because I get to live. Wow. That's the only that. reason yeah. that food is yummy because it, it sustains my life. That's where the mm. word yam came from. And it was commodified into English along with the music and the beats from Africa. So we go to modern West African music and then you hear it and then it sounds like bachata mm -hmm. played in South America. And then people are like, wow, did they learn that? And then you, no, 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 you gotta think about it because it's like separating a brother, two twins, right? They're going to grow up and they're gonna look similar, not the exact same, whenever they grew up distances apart, but you got to think bachata and modern West African musical styles have the same roots. They, 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 people were taken and put into South Africa, but they, they maintain the cultural standing, the cultural rhythm, hmm. right? The heartbeat of Africa, so to speak. And they 
it evolved differently, right? Like we were talking earlier about funk, Brazilian mm -hmm. and uh, North American funk. That's mm -hmm. why they both have a right to be called funk because yeah. you have you have like samba, uh, bachata, jazz mixing together. Right. And then we have disco, the, the gap to disco yeah. and then to <laughs> modern funk yes. uh, in North America. Whereas in South America, we have samba and bachata commodifying each other and then adding in some admixture from the quilombos, which are the African slave populations who freed themselves mm -hmm. in Brazil. And then we make the jump to funk, which is why they don't sound exactly similar. Mm -hmm. But if you start taking out instruments, deconstructing them, the bass, the meter is nearly identical in right. most of the music. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was saying too about folk. Yeah. You know, like the genre names of genres are vague, very mm, vague. Yeah. And even though it is from different regions, it's still funk. Mm -hmm. Even though it's from different cultures, it's still folk. That's your yeah. folk music. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um I was saying earlier you had mentioned the disco mm -hmm. when it had made that transition. And I just remember when I said earlier about how there was such a um hatred towards yeah. the disco music. Mm -hmm. Um because of the modernization of uh, all of it but yeah we we have uh people saying that we have two classes of people two groups of people right mm -hmm. that say oh prince is like disco earth wind and fire are like disco yeah but yeah. but prince prince it i think hated disco yeah, yeah of course prince Especially hated earth, disco. wind and fire right right Mother's these guys yeah, hated yeah, yeah. disco but whatever you go on a spotify playlist for disco these guys are included, but they they actively right. Even though their music was similar, there's this word the the word disco represents a, a type of association with the bureaucracy that you were talking about yes. earlier, Nate. Yeah, of course. Right? So like, even though I might play uh, violin mm -hmm. in folk music, I'm gonna call it a fiddle because I'm not a classical mm -hmm. violin player. Of it's course. it's like that where you have to name yourself something different to separate yourself. This has me thinking. Um... Because until you just said that Earth, Wind, and Fire didn't classify <laughs> themselves as a disco band, mm. I thought they were disco. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, so, yeah. So it, it has me questioning, does the style of the music really matter? Um, because we're going to classify it ourselves. Yeah. It doesn't mm. matter what the artist tries to go for yeah, yeah. unless they get that distinction through their music yeah. so they would have to change because mm. for almost 21 years of my life now mm. i have thought disco songs september mm. let's groove mm. tonight yeah. uh, that is dance yeah. music and right. that was what yeah. disco was yeah i and i'm a firm believer of this but i think that all art especially music is interpretive yeah and i think that if you write a song that needs to define a new genre, then let it do that. It's not your job to define the genre. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, mm -hmm. people will do that. You know, people will try to put labels on these things, but I think that the music itself mm. is what defines itself. I don't think it defines the genre. I just think it's, I mean, it, it's music you don't need to think too heavily on it you know and as far as earth wind and fire i always thought they were a funk band i always thought they were north american funk i yeah. mean that's just yeah you, know. you see you see, <laughs> you see? and um even the, but 
a lot of it also comes from playing the bass guitar and listening to how people play the bass in those songs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and even like the Jackson five. Oh, I've, I've always grown up thinking they're Motown and Motown was its own yeah, special see, thing. Yeah. See, and, from, see how we, and from Motown yeah. came funk. Yeah, right. you, see, you see how we just magically push disco <laughs> yeah. out of it. Yeah. Because that's like whenever um, you see, uh, with with jumping back to Africa, right? Because because we try to always incorporate um, history along with the music and then the societal implications of it. Yeah. So we have the Portuguese, the British, the Spanish going in to Africa, right? And then these people know what they are. I'm Baaka. Mm-hmm. He's he, you guys are from Mali. You you are either Mali or you're black. No, we're in the Mandan. Uh, uh, tribes. Like, yeah, yeah. We, we, we are tribes. all Mondan, yeah. but I am Mandinka. He is Meneka. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, you guys are black. You, I can't understand you. You're black. Mm-hmm. And then it's but like, I'm German and he's Irish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're white. Don't <laughs> compare me to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You see? <laughs> but it's like, it's like, that's bad. Okay, that's all black people uh, dancing in a club. That's disco. Mm-hmm. Oh, this? No, 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 no. See, that's that's bluegrass, yeah. and that that's that's not the same, right? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's always magical how people will be like, "You're like that." No, don't look at me. I'm allowed to do it. You're not allowed to. The scenes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> support your scenes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's just brilliant. But jumping back to West Africa, so we have an interesting cultural analysis yeah. that we can look at. So we've talked about how. The transatlantic slave trade, even though it didn't help the people, it helped the the preservation of the musical the music, styles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, influenced many more styles to come mm, out. Yeah. Mm. We have a, a place, the only currently Spanish speaking place in Africa, Equatorial Guinea, along the west, right? Mm-hmm. So then, whenever we go there, people will say, "Look, this is clearly where bachata came from. Uh, this is where samba came from because they have the same exact music." But people neglect to realize that this was a commodification of two people because Spain inhabited this place. So it's the Spanish and mm. the Equatorial Guinean tribes mixing their music, which sounds similar, right? Right. It's like the twin brother analogy, mm-hmm. right? That grew up separately because we had already Spanish people living in South America after they displaced the indigenous populations, mm-hmm. right? And then we mix in some indigenous population music, right? Uh, like with all of these people in South America. And then we have the African admixture. So we have Spain, we have indigenous uh, um, South Americans, and then we have the Africans mixing together in bachata. So there's three, there's a three-way action happening right there. Pardon the uh, weird euphemism. <laughs> and then in Africa, we have these multiple tribes. So we have like a an infinite way going yeah. with Spain. And then we have something that sounds very similar because we have the the, the Spanish guitar going in, mm-hmm. right? And then we have this modern artist whose lineage is of Equatorial Guinea who leaves there, goes to live in Spain, right? And then uh, a dear mentor, my uncle, uh, he is he knows Concha Buica and he was telling me, this is where I got all this information, my uncle and all these people that I've met around the world. So it's like, if you as audience can go and talk to people. You don't have to travel. 
you just meet someone. Don't ask where are you from originally, because that's kind of uh, racist. <laughs> where your mama stay? Where your grandmama stay? <laughs> uh, but like, we have this Concha Buica leaves, and then uh -huh. she sings in this melodic style, these ballads like of Spain, yeah. but with the beats of West Africa, and you mm. could feel the heartbeat yeah. of, uh, if there's no other word, but Mother Africa along with it, because she reclaims it. Yeah. And this right. was the one who was keeping time with the singing? Oh, no, that's Miriam Maccabi. We right. can get to okay, her. Yeah, She's yeah, in yeah. Southern Africa. Yeah. Jumping ahead. No, <laughs> no, no, we, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get, it's a lot to take in. So we have like Concha Buica singing these ballads with this raspy voice. Sounds like, if this is not offensive because she says this in an interview, sounds like she's been smoking 30 packs a day for her whole life. Mm -hmm. She has this brilliant, brilliant vibrato that's, held back by the tension in her throat and it, it sounds like the pain that her people endured for, for oh, hundreds yeah. of years oh yeah 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 it's very hard for people to be able to sing like that yeah it's and when you hear it it gives you goosebumps yeah because they have the history you can't fake oppression mm -mm, no like and when, you feel it when yeah. you hear it when you hear it in the music you feel it and you're like oh yeah because like i feel like i have a pretty good life but whenever i go back to like Martinique, Kalinago, whenever I go back to one of my grandmothers who's American and then she's speaking like Gullah and singing like music from the Garifuna people, right? Whenever I'm singing along with them, my voice changes. I don't sound like this. Mm -hmm. I sound like myself. Even whenever I'm speaking Creole or Kalinago, right? I have, I have a deeper voice and it sounds more grainy because that's what everyone sounds like there. And then it's, it's not assumed. You can speak however you want. But whenever you sing the music, it's you have to assume, right? You have to have the reciprocity to the ancestors. You have to embody them because yeah. you don't sing their words unless you can feel their pain. Mm -hmm. That goes back to the preservation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, sure. which is why, like, whenever we were saying music should be able to be transmitted, but there, you were saying, Nate, that there's some musics that you just can't, like, sing if you don't know yeah. the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in bachata, you can sing bachata if you're a white guy because that's that, that's fine. But in order to sing like Concha Buica, you can sing her music. Or Carminho, mm. who, who's from Portugal, who sings a style that was fado, that was developed during the Portuguese Civil War about mm. grandmothers and mothers who were singing fado, the faith, that their sons would return from war. The songs were, yeah. after like a few years, you know he's not coming back. You sing this music and it's... It's the same tension. Yeah, it's heavy. It sounds yeah. like they're about to wail, but they're so angry at the possibility that it could have happened yeah. that they force down the tears and it comes out with mm. the power. Yeah. It's it's like whenever you're a white guy who was who was raised in, or even a black guy who was raised in a wealthy home going to private schools, you 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 can't sing like you can try to fake it. Mm. You could have a falsetto that's not high pitched. You could right. You, but it you can tell right you, and and dissecting it like that it it makes you look back at those things like disco and just go get yeah, like yeah, whatever that's why like, we would know, never it, artists that we like we would never include them right, in disco right yeah. i like earth wind and fire and i yeah included but, them in disco but, <laughs> but, but, with, but that's that's that ignorance that's unwillful ignorance because we have at times this willful ignorance where we know we could figure out mm -hmm. something but we choose not to which yeah. is a common problem yeah. but then whenever you don't know it's like you, you the implications of disco if i didn't know them cool mm -hmm. they're disco and i'd keep it moving that's not that's not willful that's just 
assimilating the knowledge yeah. that you've gained throughout yeah. your life. And I try to do that all the time, mm -hmm. like with music and even music I haven't even heard before because mm -hmm. I'm always like hungry for new stuff. And when I when people recommend music to me, I will always go and read bios. I'll mm -hmm. go and read the history and I'll read all that stuff because I don't trust genres. You know, mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. I don't trust labels. I trust Absolutely. what's being performed, you know. Yeah. So so now we can start jumping to below the equator even more so than uh, South America. We're in Africa. And then we'll move over to Oceania and maybe even Asia. Who knows how much time we have? So we have, and you were mentioning uh, earlier, the one that we were talking about before the podcast, but obviously we never say anything in the podcast and leave you hanging because this is not a reality show. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast. So you mentioned a woman who metered using clicks while singing. Yeah, she was crazy. Overtures. So she was controlling two pitches in her throat yeah. while clicking with her tongue. She speaks Mosa. It's Miriam Maccabi. She sings a song. Oh, I think it was on this video game for the week called Just Dance. Pata Pata. Mm -hmm. I, it may be on that. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but I know her music has become very popular during this time of funk music in North America, and it might still be popular, yeah. uh, where she sings a song that she calls Click Song Number One, where it's sort of satirical to the way that Europeans say, oh, she, she, she speaks that clicking language. She probably says, hey, like, like, so it's like she is taking it and saying, you want to hear clicks? Here is how it's actually done. I'm going to show you that though you make jokes, you could not even begin to mm -hmm. compete with me. Yeah. And then so you, you saw we were watching a video earlier where she's from South Africa. Right, the mm -hmm. country that we now know as South Africa and the Nwosa tribe, along with the Zulu and the people from Swaziland and uh, all these places. So she introduced herself and was talking about her song in French. So she's showing, we talked about this in the Black Mask episode with Alejandro, mm -hmm. where we were talking about eventually you, you are hit with such a force, right? Whenever you're trying to become someone's equal, where even musically, you realize they still don't care about you. They still don't believe your equals. Then you realize, oh, they never liked me. I'm like their monkey. I'm their, I'm their puppet, mm. right? So I'm going to break away. I'm not, I don't want to be equal to you. I don't want to be better than you. I am already better than you. Yeah. So then she's demonstrating by speaking six languages, introducing her concert, French, English, her native tongue, Isi Zulu, just going through the gambit perfectly speaking these mm -hmm. right and then she learned these on her own she's like a 50 year old woman and she's just learning languages to prove that that whenever people say learning languages is hard she's like i had no choice but to do this so it can't mm -hmm. be hard for me my life's already hard there's yeah. nothing that could get harder than this having to go to another country to sing to a white audience who, who cares about my music yeah. because you're not allowed to be in the same places me in my own country mm -hmm. which i didn't choose to be a part of uh for the audience um this was in south africa still during apartheid yeah. so that's why they had to go to a different country because they would not allow her to perform in south africa yeah mm -hmm. yeah because it i was just gonna say it seems like on a certain level musicians uh kind of want to be performance artists not in the performing mm -hmm. like you perform live but performance as in performance art <laughs> and with her introducing herself 
you know, and especially in that video before she even started singing the song, mm. it kind of is a way for you to lose what she's saying. Mm -hmm. And for a reason, like the, just the focus on the song, mm -hmm. you know, even if you don't understand it or you don't pick up on how she's introducing it, mm -hmm. it sounds good. And you can feel what she's feeling. You can understand what she's trying to display and just listen to the song. You know, it seems like she was doing it purposefully. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's what I like to call. Um, so like you have actual satire and Christian, we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. um, there, There's this thing. And then I'm going to mention a reference that doesn't seem like it ties into music, but I have a tendency of always being able to tie in everything for a podcast because you'll come up to me afterwards and ask me, what was that? man?" <laughs> so <laughs> I, we, we were watching uh, boo and boo Two, mm -hmm. the Medea film. Yes. And then uh, it was a good question. Do, do people actually like watch this for the comedy? And it's like, no, this is like a, a, a community satire. So to black people watching this, it, it exists. Because it's funny whenever white people watch it at times and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Is that really how they are? Are they always that mad? Mm -hmm. And they walk away. Mm -hmm. And then black people, we find it a satire, right? Making a, a caricature of ourselves because we all have like an aunt, a sister, uh, a grandmother, a mother who acts like Medea on some of these instances. But Medea as a human being cannot exist because she combines all of these caricatures into one person. I don't know how you could survive and not get shot in mm -hmm. Atlanta where she lives, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. robbing places, hitting police officers, oh, destroying yeah. cars, yeah. shooting people. Yeah. Walking into the police station with yeah. a federal warrant on yeah. the wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like this person can't exist. This person is literally like a caricature yeah. of, of what it means to be black. And black people see that, they're like, oh, my grandma acts like that, right? And then it's like, in, in this one second, whenever she did that one thing, oh, my mom did that. Mm -hmm. Oh, you you know? Oh, my sister does that. Yeah. But then, like, whenever white people watch it, at times, right, this is this is whenever it first came out, before Tyler Perry started explaining what he was doing, mm -hmm. right? And then Spike Lee uh, films as well, whenever we see Spike Lee act, acting like a caricature of a, of a young, small black man, like a Steve Urkel, mm -hmm. whenever people don't understand until, but sometimes they do, until the artist comes out and explains it mm -hmm. like Miriam Maccabi is doing because like you'll take it however you will and then you'll feel like a fool yeah whenever you realize oh it wasn't actually supposed to be funny for me yeah and then yeah. it's like oh it wasn't actually designed for me but then because you have this fragility oh you can't attack me it wasn't my fault you didn't explain then you want to never be a fool again <laughs> yeah yeah so you so you actively yeah. go and search and now whenever mm -hmm. people are watching Medea, like whenever white people or other ethnicities, right? Mm -hmm. Like, cause we have like Latino Americans, Latinx people mm -hmm. in, in the Medea films as well, Asian people, because these people have felt some kind of strife. And then we have the addition of white actors in the film and then actresses as well. And then we see this where now it's sort of a kumbaya moment. Mm -hmm. And then Medea disrupts it. Because that is real life. There is someone like Medea. And Medea plays both this caricature of blackness, but she also is a hegemony. She's a hegemony for her family. Mm. 
she's like, oh, Medea, just don't pay attention to that child. And you turn around and Medea has your child up on like the stairs going like, you won't say it again. It's like Medea is the, is the justifier for the whole community. Yeah. And then that's the same thing that, that these instances, whenever artists are uh, explaining their music, you do this before your shows as well. Whenever you explain your music, right? Yeah. It's it's not yeah. a it's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. It's mm. just a, a thing that artists must do to show you that whenever you take, whenever you are going to sing, whenever you're going to take a part of my music, mm. you are going to understand. Whereas sometimes, whenever I hear like vaporwave or music <laughs> like that, I'm like, there's literally, yeah. and then people go, like, "Oh, I love vaporwave. It makes me feel something." Lo-fi. Yeah. Lo- lo-fi. See, see, I feel like with modern lo-fi, like chilled cow stuff like that. Yeah. When, whenever they have that introduction, whenever they, they have like a sample. Yeah, they sample of like the a little a, movie clip yeah, yeah, or, or something like, like a that. fight scene yeah. in the beginning. I, I feel like that explains the, the tension in the song. Yeah, But with like vaporwave. And I know I might be unversed in this aspect, which mm-hmm. I, I fully take. And I want someone to prove me a fool after so I can never want to be a fool again. I might can. What are you going to say? Go. What are you going to say? Okay. So I feel that Vaporwave to me has yeah. no meaning because I've never heard right. anyone explain okay. Vaporwave. So Vaporwave started as a meme. It started as a joke. Okay. Okay. So it, started, okay. It, it originally started as a joke on consumerism. And it started on Reddit mm-hmm. as a subreddit. And before there was music, there were just the, the visual memes. Mm-hmm. And they were pictures of a dead mall. And they would do the aesthetic filter. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they would have the marble busts. And they would be like, go buy a McDonald's cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. Like it was a, it, oh, the okay. whole thing was a joke on consumerism. And then someone remixed. Uh, I forget. It was off of that. The one I have the T-shirt. I bought the T-shirt as a joke. I'm just gonna go ahead and say this out loud. And I've worn it before when we've played. But it's the Macintosh Plus 420 album cover where it's like pink and it's got the checkers and all stuff. And I bought it. And I bought it knowing that I was gonna wear it as a joke. But um, vaporwave. Uh, there are people who will take it seriously, and there are people who will make the music seriously. And mm. it's kind of hysterical to laugh at them, yeah. knowing that they don't know where it came from yes that's a joke i'm glad you've explained this yes. because i there's a there's a young person who i've talked to there are two people who i talked to alejandro who's on the podcast who listens to vaporwave and mm. understands memes incredibly yeah. so i have no doubt he understands i've just never yeah. asked him about it yeah. but then there's another young person at this university who listens to vaporwave and she always ironically yeah and she yeah. talks about oh i have the i have like a a 50 song long album with it. Uh, and I, I love vaporwave. And then yeah. I was like, yo, and then I started listening to it and Alejandro was like laughing and he was like, yeah, <laughs> yes. this is so great. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I now realize yeah. he, he was, he was doing this satire, yes, but this young yeah. woman actually likes it. And that's it, where it, the joke is. That's yeah, the yeah. punchline. When the people like that come around who don't know, it's consumer. They're, yeah. the, they're the punchline. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, look, I've learned something. That's a brilliant podcast. Yeah. So we have talked about the West Side. We're gonna we're just gonna call it West Side. West Side Story, mm-hmm. Africa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so transatlantic slave trade. This is how we get to North America. Talked about the South Side, mm-hmm. where we um are in uh, South Africa. We talked about Miriam Makabe, brilliant artist, uh, multilingual, just talented, explaining her music, fighting the hegemony with every step. Uh. Then we can move to the east side, 
along with uh we so we have like Kenya, we have Somalia, we have mm-hmm. Ethiopia, Eritrea. I'm not gonna Which name if everywhere. I'm, if I'm wrong, I believe that the origins of hip hop and rap came from there. East side, I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. There, there are a lot of Somali and Ethiopian influences yeah. in in hip hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. So we have artists from there, and Spotify made this brilliant playlist. If you would like to listen to it, we'll of course leave it down below. Uh, called the band. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. 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 Where, yeah. where after uh, President Donald Trump, uh, you know, good old John, uh, put Is that up what the, they call him. Yeah. Where he placed a travel ban, and it happened to cut off a lot of people. One of my good friends, uh, who I met in in New Zealand, uh, they the travel ban. Whenever I lived in New Zealand. Uh, came up for Yemeni citizens as well. And he happened to be of Yemen, but he had U.S. citizenship as well. And he attended the U.S., the university, the American University of Lebanon. So he has U.S. citizenship. But he's like, you know what? Even though I have U.S. citizenship, if I am going to go back to see like my parents or my sister, I'm going to use my Yemeni passport just to show how ignorant this is. Mm-hmm. And then we have the playlist, uh, the band, and then we have artists from Somalia, from from Eritrea, from Ethiopia, all of these places, Kenya. Yeah. Right. Even though some of these artists, Kenya wasn't on the ban list, but because there's such a strong uh, Somali population, artists from these other countries that are not included in the band, Qatar, uh, Saudi Arabia, join the band movement to to perform these songs along with them. So we have Somali. Um, R&B, we have Ethiopian rap, right? Rap from all these places mm-hmm. that sounds similar to 90s hip hop. Yeah. But, yeah. but nothing. And then people, this is a joke that's always said, I think, among young people in like high school around here that, oh, I think it's because of How I Met Your Mother that Canada's stuck in 80s music. They're always stuck yeah. 20 years behind yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it terrifies me that some people actually believe it's not yeah. that they're stuck. It's not true, yeah. but the people will actually, well, yeah, you know. It's not that it's like the vaporwave thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's not that these people, not that Nihilots and, and, and like Somalis are stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. It's that this... We are all existing in 2019. Yeah. It's the fact that their music diverged. It's not America's job to be the, the trendsetter, the number one. Mm-hmm. Other musical styles don't always follow the American trend. No. And I mm-hmm. hate that they people. Don't. Yeah. Are you telling me that America isn't the best country in the world? <laughs> no, that we are no, not the no. leader of Earth? No, of 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 course not. Preserve. It's like it's like it's like <laughs> don't defend, these, preserve. It's like these these it's it's a fragility. It's a, yeah. it's like a white fragility, but a musical fragility. So like this is a defensive mechanism that exists in some musical styles, right? Yeah. It these these artists from the band countries have music similar to what we have. And then we talked about Kenasami earlier with Yema which hasn't the, the the modern or the French R&B movement, right? Similar to Zouk that we have in the Caribbean French, um, where we have something similar to the R&B. So Miss Lauren Hill, uh, Alicia Keys, uh, Leona Lewis, where it sounds similar. So we have like Yema and then Ecorche Vive, which are like stories about the pain of trying to love, mm-hmm. right? The, the pain like Ecosha, if he literally flayed, skinned alive, 
And then Yema is a call from her arrogant roots, right? But this was before. This was during the 90s, early 2000s. So she was understanding that there was a, a, a stark uh, stratification against um, incorporating others, which are seen as indigenous people, because if they're, if they're not um, white or they're not Asian or mm -hmm. even from North Africa, then they're just indigenous. Forget them. If they're from Australia, indigenous peoples, right? And then, so we have her singing Yema, and then this incorporates Arabic tonology, and it's 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 brilliant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it's it's incredible. Yeah. So with these other people from the modern band movement, it's like these these people exist contemporaneously. They mm -hmm. exist alongside us, just because their music is something that sounds similar to what we had. We have to think maybe what we had. We we borrowed from their music, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then they just—it's not that they haven't progressed any further. We as as living in America use a music musical style until we're tired of it. Yeah, and then and then, and then we like and then we throw it away yeah. and then and start with new something comes. new. Yeah, with the air quotes, of course, yeah. because it uses aspects from the original. Whereas in in these band countries they had it before us mm -hmm. and they're still using it just like with the funk yeah. right like we in brazil they they it's not that they use the same dun, 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 you know it's not that they use the same like sort of triplet over the bar line set mm -hmm. because they can't think of anything new because yeah. they have other musical styles right mm -hmm. it's it's the fact that if you know it so well why would you because it's a part of them right with with america the the melting pot right which I love. I, I do love that. Even though I said it's snarkly, we we take things and then we 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 break its back as though it's a, a slave mining out diamonds. Yeah. And then it's like once they're used, I get a stronger one. Yeah. It's yeah. it's 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 awful. It, Whereas yeah. in, in these other places, they use it and they're like, oh, we don't have to completely change it. We can adapt it and mm. keep it moving. There there is a group from Canada who. Mm -hmm. uh, some of their descent, I believe, is from East Africa, but mm. I know for sure that one of them is Latin-based, one okay. of the guys in the group, but they're called Immortal Technique, mm -hmm. and they're a hip-hop and rap group from Canada. Mm -hmm. You know, speaking of the, yeah. the nation that everyone thinks is 20 years behind, I mean, that group, they're still making music, and they are way ahead of mm -hmm. what mumble rap is going to eventually yeah. turn back into. Yeah, yeah. And... I mean, there's nothing there in that group that is um, malicious. It's mm -hmm. very preserving mm -hmm. of yeah. roots. And mm -hmm. and some of the stuff that they talk about is, uh, you can see it. it yeah. It's just real yeah. obvious. Yeah, we'll definitely put that in as well. And yeah. we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll look that up after because I have never heard that question. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. But I can't say that I have. They're they're pretty I mean there's a there's a one song that they have and I forget its name but the guy who's of Latin descent he when he sings and raps cuz he does both in the song he does some in English and then mm. when he what he says in English kind of puts you on edge mm -hmm. and then it it's him sort of revving you up knowing your english and then right before and he delivers the punch it he spanish? finishes it in spanish yes so I, then if I you don't under, if you don't know spanish you're just kind of like oh this dude's making me a fool like yes. yeah yeah yes. it's a great song i think it's like the third track off of their 
uh, volume three album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they're, I mean, God, they're revolutionaries. There's a guy, uh, one of the songs is called beef and broccoli. And the guy who raps on that, I think he's from East African mm-hmm. descent, but I don't know, but he, uh, the whole it's, he doesn't even rap. He just talks. It's like a spoken word. <laughs> and, and it's, even though he raps on such a specific subject, the song is meant to have such a mass appeal. And he, it, he it's called Beef and Broccoli. And he basically mm. just says, if you're a vegetarian, that's a dietary choice. You're not a revolutionary. You're just mm. choosing to be healthy. Like <laughs> the stuff that they talk about is just like, oh, just like hits you in the face. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and they, they preserve. That's an example of a yeah, group yeah. that preserves, you know. Absolutely. Now, even though we're about to keep going across Africa to uh, Asia Pacific, like Oceania, I think we should stay on this for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I know this podcast is getting long, but we're going to have to deal with it. So <laughs> I we, feel like it's a good conversation. It is. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I feel like you guys are engaged. Every episode's good. Man. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so we have this, this preserving aspect of hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so I'll talk about like the fuck the police, right? Yeah, which yeah. people I always see kids right man there's this there's this group of um the blue laces yeah the cop killers yeah so some some of these um young people right even at school i hear people who i know are are openly bigoted singing some of these hip-hop songs yeah and i'm like yo are you singing f the police do you do realize that came from a time whenever crack was being added to the community whenever the detroit uh, mm-hmm. apartment uh, yeah. like shooting happened this, yeah. this was a, a time like some people who like endured the the incidents like uh charlottesville and then like uh fruitvale station like incidents like this the, the watts riots in california yeah. Yeah, like yeah, these yeah. people are are people who sing now who can rap about mm-hmm. fucking the police mm-hmm. right yeah but these young people and these young kids who go to this university yeah. i think ignorance is a good word. yeah they, they yeah. can't do because you it's like it's like you don't have the the yeah. like like what we were talking about earlier you can't hear it in your voice yeah mm-hmm. of course that, that you've never had to endure this the 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 pol- the campus police are some of the nicest people i've ever met yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. don't think i can have <laughs> anything bad to say about them. i rely on them you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah yeah it's like it's like i hear these kids singing about this right mm-hmm. and i i know i'm young but I feel I have the right to call them kids because they sound like children they do. whenever they're, they really they're talking do. about, fuck yeah. the police. Yeah. And then now I'm going to have to put, I've said it four times, so I'm going to have to put the explicit marker on this podcast. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like it goes back to, you need to have the, at least, maybe not the intelligence, mm-hmm. but the social awareness yes. of what is yes. acceptable. Um, yeah. And I feel like you can appreciate their music um and for the time yeah for, you but, can appreciate the music as a whole yeah but you you can't play this at your at your predominantly white frat parties no, without no. a without a single black brother <laughs> here's what i'm saying and i've always said this and i love i love saying this every time i bring it up if you especially about songs you know fuck the police mm-hmm. and the mumble rap at all of the frat parties okay yeah. if you think you're hard if you really think you're hard, absolutely get get your get up. You know, wear your mm-hmm. frat tuck, your backwards hat. Get yeah. your shoes on. Yes, play the mumble rap and 
go walk down downtown Athens and tell me how your night turns out. Just, oh, just oh, like ooh. he said, I would he say said downtown Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, he both, said, well, like, he said Athens. I didn't even go to Atlanta well, yet. Like, <laughs> my man said Athens, and I live in the Athens area. I have no problem walking around. At, I could see somebody getting beat up, and I could stop the fight. See, I'm okay with Athens. But I like how you said Athens oh, yeah. because I know they wouldn't be able oh, to survive in no, Athens. Uh -uh. So There's no let's way. not even mention Atlanta. There's, There's not a chance. <laughs> There's not a chance if they can't if they can't make it past the nowhere bar. Oh yeah, then, absolutely. Then you're not going to Atlanta. These kids, dude. these kids going into play. These kids went into play Mario Kart. Oh, they, were, they were like, you man. know what? I'm done. I'm oh, done. <laughs> I can't handle it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Ignorance is is the word. Well, with with stuff like that. One thing that I've noticed is um, white artists are now picking up the the black style, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, one thing that I've noticed is they've maybe not even the the musical style, mm -hmm. but the subject at the hand. Yeah. So, in my opinion, Florida Georgia Line mm -hmm. makes music for people. Mm -hmm. For white people mm -hmm. that are afraid of black people, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they make money. They they, they make they, money they make off. Of of it. They make a they, lot of money off. So like I just being raised in South Georgia, mm -hmm. third generation farmer, mm -hmm. hearing the phrase, I just want to lace up my J's, <laughs> and um, hold on, let me. It's let me just lace up my Is J's. Is that the cruise song? I think it's. Summer, summertime. Okay, okay. I, I'm sorry. Um, I don't frequent the Florida Georgia line. Oh, they played at every single festival in in Georgia because like, it is. A, yeah. It is. It has yeah. mass appeal. Uh -huh. Even up here, we're nowhere close to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing too. Up here, I'd sidetrack, and we'll get right back to what you were talking about, Christian. But a lot of people don't understand that a majority of the Georgia like racism with all of this comes from south georgia mm -hmm. and not from north georgia <laughs> but that's besides the point anyways <laughs> yeah so all i want to do today is wear my favorite shades and get stoned um all i want to do is lace my jays and lace some jack in my coke mm. Mm. that sounds the like man a you know what let me just say something those those really hit home those can really speak to me <laughs> you know about all lyrics. of my loss all of my you know, just, oh, man, what musical genius right there. And the, the stereotype of that is portrayed within the hegemony of the of black communities mm -hmm. is they're stoners. Like, yeah. You, oh, yeah. They they smoke weed. And yeah. now it is culturally acceptable now. Absolutely. It no. is now the cool thing to do. Yeah. And this group of white artists is they're capitalizing. Oh yeah, for they're sure. capitalizing on black musicians that have been singing about this for so long. Yep, yeah. And the reverse has happened. It has yep. been accepted by the hegemony that this is okay. Yep, yeah. Because we are white and we're slightly different. Mm. It's okay when we do it. Yeah, yeah. This this is um this is why I often talk to my friends about like um this doesn't happen in my family. I. I, I don't smoke. None none of my I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, none none of my siblings, none of my uh like relatives smoke. I'm talking yeah, uh, marijuana. Yeah, yeah marijuana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marijuana. Yeah. But, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Marijuana. I don't, I don't. I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um because right, because my grandmother, my grandparents are like, oh, we don't care what you do. None of us want to fight back against the authority. So like whenever people offer it to me at parties or even alcohol, I'm mm -hmm. like, nah. 
Like mm. I've, I've, I've just never consumed anything yeah. because I know that, that my grandmother and my parents mm-hmm. tell me, I don't care what you do, but I know since they never did it, I, I have yeah. no reason to yeah. do it. Like they're okay. Mm-hmm. And people who drink are okay. So I, I don't like the smell of alcohol. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to drink it. I don't yeah. like, I don't like the way marijuana smells. I'm I'm not going to with you there. What what I think is hilarious about this topic specifically mm-hmm. is when people look at these punk bands and they're like, "Oh, they have to do every drug under the sun." Yeah. They're straight edge. Straight edge is so yes. straight edge. Yes. They're so straight edge. And they'll and they're straight edge to a T and they they'll make sure you know that. Yeah, you know? they they won't yeah, yeah, they won't do drugs, they won't yeah. drink, sometimes not sex. They'll be, oh, yeah. they'll be yeah. climate change activists. They'll be, yeah, yeah. They'll be, they'll be eating intense. the most clean and, vegan and diet. And it's because it's such a, a genre of feeling like you, uh, going back to the other episode, mm-hmm. woke. You know, yeah. feeling like you're woke, mm-hmm. but because you're woke, you feel excluded from the majority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because you choose to be straight edge that's what makes you a punk that's what makes mm-hmm, you different mm-hmm, you know because mm-hmm. you don't want to be that way see that that is one of the reasons right cuz commonly right uh amongst my cohorts other black people who live in the south right we typically don't um listen to punk music a majority mm-hmm. right or uh rock hard rock cuz people forget about Jimi Hendrix and they others, it, yeah. like like oh that's yeah. white people music. We, we forget a lot of mm-hmm. them, you know, and that's willful ignorance. That is willful mm-hmm. because we'll mention Jimi Hendrix whenever it suits us, mm-hmm. but sometimes we just. I was we'll, listening to his <laughs> records before I walk over here. Yeah, but. so we we have like this thing where like oh yeah those kids are weird they're straight edge right and then African and African American parents will not let their children smoke because they're like no that's what they use to to force us down mm-hmm. they, and then they keep saying that's us so you gotta be different you can't yeah. you can't be like them you have to be right. once again better than them mm-hmm. so we have these straight edges who are like sometimes vegan uh without alcohol without right. violence all dietary choices yeah you know, yeah health choices mm-hmm. none of it is because they're planning on being a revolutionary yeah the way that a lot of those people see it is the apocalypse if it hasn't already come, it needs to come quick because mm-hmm. that's just what they're waiting for. Because yeah. people like that know that they're going to be ready to rock and roll, you know, and that's just how they choose to live. Yeah, absolutely. So we have, oh, oh, we've gotten back into hip hop. Uh, <laughs> one of one of the artists that that my friend shared to me two weeks ago on on Facebook. Right, I don't follow anyone on Facebook, so. I, my post feed says no new notifications. So unless someone shares something to me, I don't like get filled up with these things. So I never click on Facebook except to accept a friend request or to send a message. Um, they sent to me this guy named KRS-One, who's a hip hop artist. And then they said, have you ever heard of him? And then to me, I, I was almost offended. I was like, of course, not because I knew hip hop that well, because mm-hmm. there are many that go mm-hmm. under my radar until somebody tells me. I was offended because KRS-One was a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And, and as a vegan, he was a vegan yeah. during the 90s. And he wrote music about it. So he was yeah. friends with like Ice Cube, Ice-T. Yeah, yeah. But he was a straight edge hip hop artist singing along. Right. With, he didn't sing Fuck the Police. He would say like, beef, what a relief. When will this poisonous product cease? Because he saw yes. that beef yeah. making people obese. 
and then keeping down black people, mm-hmm. forcing only food deserts, only having McDonald's, Burger King mm-hmm. in these communities yeah. or making them unable to like sort of fight back or be healthy enough to do anything because they're always having to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So through his music, yes. he tried to tell yeah. people that that meat, right? Whenever we lived in West Africa, we may have eaten some meat, but we didn't eat meat every single meal, right? Mm-hmm. So in opposition, I'm not eating any meat. I'm going to be healthy. And I'm going to show you what we could have been before they started putting these poisonous products in our community, yeah. Yeah. this processed food. A lot of people, I've, <coughs> I've seen this common trend a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people at surface don't realize how similar punk and hip hop are. Yeah. They're way more similar than you would think. I'm obviously the music sounds different, mm-hmm. but as far as the topics, the intensity, the message that's trying to get across is a sort of grab you by the shoulders and shake you and say, straighten up, you know, because you need to get straightened up. And uh, there was, you know, speaking of vaporwave and memes and all this stuff, there was one that I had seen on Reddit. And it was, what's that? The one image where it's like the really buff white dude grabbing the really oh, buff black uh, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know um, the name of it. And on the white dude's arm, it said punk. And on the black dude's arm, it said hip hop. And in the middle, it just said not calling the police. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because people like that, they, they want to get things settled. Mm-hmm. They don't want to waste time talking about going downtown yeah. and smoking pot they want to talk about like here's the issue look at it you know like look at this Can thing we please talk about it <laughs> right yeah is the elephant in the room it needs to be addressed yes of course yeah they're real big on that absolutely yeah i just yeah because whenever we you mentioned straight edge mm-hmm. it just directly linked because i was going to continue this podcast without even mentioning the the straight edge aspect that exists in hip hop as oh, well, and the connection. Oh man! Oh yeah! Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Yo, what KRS One?" I was like, "I, I, <laughs> see, see." That's whenever yeah. I, after after editing this podcast, right, mm-hmm. I would have felt like the the person whenever they are attacked by not understanding the music, mm-hmm. I would have felt like I'm an ignorant fool. Now yeah. I must I must learn everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing too, and especially in those music genres, they're there are songs that preserve the culture. Mm-hmm. There are hip hop groups who will write slow songs where they yeah. don't rap and they sing. And there are mm-hmm. punk bands who will play slow and they yeah, will sing yeah. beautifully, but you're not going to find that on the surface. Yep. And it's because they want to make sure that you know what they're about. So if you don't yeah. like it, you don't have to come back. Yeah. You know? Cause Biggie and Tupac even wrote slow jams to their, oh, yeah. to their significant. You were talking numbers. about R and B earlier, yeah. you know, mm. and rhythm and blues. And yeah, such yeah. A, a parent figure, of course, for of that course. Genre. And then, like, like there's this thing, and whenever I, like, I I know it's from ignorance, but like sometimes whenever I used to play my friends' music, like music from Martinique or from the Caribbean, of uh, uh, like the Zouk music that we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, that sounds like R and B. They stole R and B. That girl sounds like Alicia Keys. I'm like, you don't understand. They happened at the same time. They didn't steal from each other. Mm-hmm. They exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, America was a bigger influence on on the Caribbean because there are not as many people. But don't get it twisted. Alicia Keys definitely has roots in in uh, 
in these uh, South American Caribbean traditions. And Beyonce knows as well because she is Caribbean. Yeah. Like she's half, she's half Caribbean. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. So like, obviously <clears throat> that makes sense why she, she has these influences. So like we were mentioning earlier, whenever the artists from this band that you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Immortal Technique, Immortal yeah. Technique, uh, whenever he speaks Spanish, yeah, yeah, English yeah. and Spanish, that happens in Zoop. There's this brilliant playlist called Creole Pop, and it's from artists that are from Martinique. And there's a song called Under Construction, which is really old. It sounds 90s. It sounds mm-hmm. very 90s, where he's like singing under construction. And you can tell he has an accent. And then he's going through, and then you can understand everything. And then it's like the music, it's like, Doo-dah! and then it speeds up. And then he starts doing like a sort of cadence rap, but the rap is in Kyle. So you could be like, oh, I could just look it up. It's in French. But then you begin to look at the lyrics and you're like, oh, no. I have to actually go to this place different because because his Creole doesn't exist on Google Translate. It's not Haiti. It's not the biggest known uh, Car- Caribbean Creole community. Mm-hmm. So now I actually have to learn yeah. the, the the language yeah. or or contact because these artists are pretty small. So if you go to the island, you can find them. You can contact them. Yeah. So like that's not a problem. So like you have have this instance where you have the similar thing happening, except. It's like a tiny community mm. that will be able to not get angry. Yeah. Whenever the, the switch happens mm. and you have like a, um, I never told you, which is another brilliant song. It's like, she's talking about, I never told you, uh, my life feels better without you. And then it's like, okay, okay. But then the French part is like all the good times, but in English, you only hear about why she left him, but you don't hear about, the good times that were in between because they're clouded by the like sort of discursive dissimulation, the dialectical of love, yeah. right? The, 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 the dichotomy of language represents wow. the, the, the inability to translate mm-hmm. his type of love to her like more pure type of love. Yeah. They're not on the same wavelength, so to yeah. speak. That's art. Yeah. And it's, it's like whenever artists are able to mix these, like, like Miriam Maccabi as well, yeah, like, it's just incredible. And and to touch back, I'm gonna throw a curveball, but mm-hmm. to touch back to jazz. Jazz to touch to touch back to jazz about you know these we talk a lot about these vocalists. Mm-hmm. What about these people, especially you as a saxophone player? Mm-hmm. Any of these people who play wind instruments mm-hmm. and you hear the intensity. Of the way they play it, mm. you know, they might not be able to sing like that, but if you give me mm. a trumpet, I'm gonna tell you about where I've been. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, the the best way to put it is, um, to to me, hearing the difference between vocalists is a lot easier mm. than hearing the difference between two instrumentalists. You have to think more intensely you have to be actively engaged to hear the notice like the noticeable difference um they made vibrato different (laughs) it's even um to me it's more of their voice just the innate sound of when the horn touches the face there is this raw pure essence of them yeah and 
Makes you want to um, cry. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> like Lester Young. Get a little choked up talking about jazz. <laughs> Lester Young, he has a really breathy, raspy mm-hmm. sound. Um, it, I can't really explain what he's doing mm-hmm. because there is no way to say, oh, well, just do this and this and this, and mm-hmm. you'll be able to sound like that. No. Mm-hmm. You can mimic all you want, but mm-hmm. no one will ever sound like Lester Young. Right. And the entire thing about jazz instrumentalists is, is finding your place in the world and where you are as a being, as a musician, and um, going back to Giant Steps. Mm-hmm. T- to me, that is his ultimate work mm-hmm. as a musician and his the, just his voice he did got coltrane had gone through so much in his life um read his biography i won't i'm not gonna do plug at coltrane <laughs> he doesn't need it anymore i'll look it up i haven't looked it up. um so it's a biography or autobiography just the wiki is all you really need okay. it is in depth but there yeah. he has hundreds of biographies yeah. about him i will say this as far as jazz instrumentalists who have really made an impact on me emotionally when i listen mm-hmm. to their music i will say the record i think it's blue and green right blue and so. green i think that's the name of the miles davis one yeah yeah uh, yeah. yeah that that whole record is <sighs> the trumpet mm-hmm. is uh, just it's a lot to take in yeah. you don't, and you don't need the lyrics you don't yeah. need any of that mm-hmm. you can listen to what he's trying to portray mm-hmm. through that and mm-hmm. then the other one that i will say and i was saying this earlier uh david brubeck and the song take five and the saxophone mm-hmm. in that song it, oh man i mean you can feel yeah. it you can feel it yeah. and you don't need lyrics you can feel it through the instrumentation yeah. you know i think that's where it gets kind of tricky because you always hear people say well music can express itself when words fail mm-hmm. but then again sometimes it can't it can express itself because sometimes you need those words because you have to be direct because yeah in in my opinion music can only emote it can only help you feel emotions it can't um it can't touch on things. It's not specific. Yeah. It is broad emotions that you'll feel. Mm-hmm. And where lyrics come in with the use of the music mm-hmm. and the lyrics, that's when it'll pinpoint exactly what they yes. want you to feel. Yeah. Mm. I've never heard that more than in the song. I was talking about Kendrick Lamar earlier. Mm-hmm. And I just recently had picked up uh the deluxe edition of uh, mad city yeah and the song sing about me i've never felt the pinpointing mm-hmm. on a topic more than in that song i've mm-hmm. i just hear it so much in his lyrics and his voice and especially in the somber instrumentation yeah. of the song which i think i know the bass line's done by thundercat i don't know who the rest of the backing Ooh, band is yeah. yeah but uh i know he 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 works with him a lot. And I think there's this one jazz band called Bad Bad Not Good. Mm-hmm. I think they've worked with him before. But either way, as far as like having a good example of music that really pinpoints an emotion, I would say Sing About Me 
from Mad City by Kendrick Lamar is a great example. Yeah. Yeah. So um, here's what we're going to do. So I'm going to, well, let's wrap up jazz. Mm-hmm. This will be the final thing of this podcast, but we're not going to stop talking. If you would like to continue, we are splitting this podcast since we're at almost one hour and 40 minutes. So we are going to split this podcast into two. So this will be a podcast. And then if you would like to continue, please continue next. So this is the end of this podcast. We're going to continue with jazz at the beginning of the next podcast. Mm. However, we are going to also go into Oceania. We're going to talk a little bit more about South America, Mm -hmm. South Africa, and we're going to go to Asia. So then a special, a special thing that I just decided to do. We're going to talk about the the brilliance of the scores produced in Star Trek and Stargate (laughs) at the final episode. I'm going all in. Nice. Come and visit us for the next. Okay. This is In Defense of Humanity. Goodbye.